This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Welcome to The Garden Show. Uh, I am Dean Holland here in studio. Yes, indeed. With Charlie Dobbin. Good morning. Yes, the garden of the, the, the goddess of the Christmas garden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as if we have Christmas gardens. Yeah, as if... <laughs> Except for those people that saved their poinsettias from last year. Yes, in, in fact. Are those as... amaryllis growers amongst yes. us. <laughs> Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. And, uh, and a happy Hanukkah coming up, right? Coming you, up. You, yep. Your family celebrates both we do we do so we get to do well i'm taking my daughter home with me this afternoon mm-hmm. from toronto to the homestead in the county and she'll i think she's on Lutka duty tomorrow night she's nice. gonna do, well, her and elliot will do it together <gasps> so they got 10 pounds of tomatoes and they're gonna grate them all up and make little potato pancakes oh, they're so good i could do that we you know we Sour make cream. a potato pancake we love them as well maybe yeah. that'll be my maybe <laughs> that is what we have to do this weekend you could it, it, add that into all the other yeah. things you've got on the go Oh, you're a yeah, busy guy. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, we think of poinsettias as a Christmas flower. We think of amaryllis as a Christmas flower mm-hmm. here. Is there a, like a Hanukkah flower? Is there a flower that oh. you would typically have or give for That's Hanukkah? That's a good question. Over the years, I've been to many Hanukkah family parties. Yeah. It's not a poinsettia, trust me. No, I'm sure it's not. No. <laughs> and basically what you do, I do is I avoid red and green because the colors of Hanukkah yeah. are blue and silver okay. and gold. So, um, yeah, no, but a cyclamen are always a nice one. A cyclamen is blooming now. Okay. You'll find them in grocery stores, garden centers. They are easy to care for. Many of them are fragrant, which mm-hmm. is sweet. And they're an excellent all-purpose. Or azalea, same thing. They're, they're all sort of happening now. Yeah, I like azaleas. I'd forgotten about those. Yeah, they're, they're are not great. fragrant, but boy, are they, do they yeah. give a lot back. They're yeah, very really nice. Showy. Okay, we have a little bit to chat about. You have some announcements, but I want to give out the number first. Because uh, we would love to hear from you if you have any gardening questions. And at this time of year... A lot of those questions are indoor gardening questions, which is just fine by us. 416-360-0740. That is the Toronto number. And if you live anywhere outside Toronto in the province of Ontario, here is a toll-free number you can jot down. 1-866-740-4740. And you need to let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, because we will give you your garden wings. And I have special garden wings this week. I have the... Santa's here. I have the, the <laughs> ho, ho, ho garden wings to give you, yeah. And we want you to call often, call early, and please, the best gift that you can give us is one question per call. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, just a quick uh, thought here. I received an email mm-hmm. from the Toronto Master Gardeners. Okay. So many of you have heard of the Master Gardening Program. It, it is, uh, well, it's international. It's all over the world. It's, uh, different groups come together to create the Master Gardener groups. It is a... Um, they're really well-educated. Master gardeners are hobby gardeners who take it to the next level and take it seriously in terms of the education required. So the group in Toronto is having a virtual event, and it is just suggested here as a last-minute gift for a green-thumb person in your life because it's virtual, uh, and it's... Um, 
te- it's a t- what they call a technical update. So in order to maintain your master gardener status, you have to continually update yourself and educate uh, yourself. Right. You also have to do a certain number of volunteer hours every year. Oh, okay. So it's a pretty neat program. I am an honorary master gardener. I never did all the work to, that so many of you have to get your actual. Uh, well, um, I, I I did other work. To, yeah, I was going to say I think you did the work a little earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I spread my work out a little differently. Yeah, but but still, it, it's a pretty cool program. So Saturday, January 14th, so whenever that is, three, four weeks from now, 10 until 2.30, so, you know, 10 after the radio show, 10 until 2.30, the uh, title is Ecological Gardening Part 2, or Digging Deeper into Our Changing Relationship with the Garden. Like I said, virtual event, uh, $30 a person. If you are a master gardener, you get your um, education update credits. If you're not a master gardener and you're thinking about learning more, it's a great opportunity to register. Just go to www.torontomastergardeners.ca. Right, and it has to have an S on the end. That's Gardeners. Gardeners. CA. Okay, yep. we have to take a pause. We have to hear some important messages. The lines are open. Please give us a call. We will be right back with much more right here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, 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 we are back with The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I am Dean Holland. And uh, before we went to where, we were talking about uh, little updates at uh, my house, me trying to be a, well, I don't know, not a master gardener, but an experimental <laughs> gardener, you know, trying to keep the amaryllis bulb since last year, which I'm not, I'm not convinced I I, I did the entire job terribly well. But, but it was an interesting amaryllis you had. It wasn't in a pot with soil. No. It was in gravel. It was in like gravel, a, which I think, in hindsight, I should have taken it out of the gravel. That's and what I told put you to do. You just I, didn't pay attention. I didn't pay <laughs> did not. Oh, here it is. There's the hand slap. <laughs> Got it right there. I did not put it in dirt. And uh, so my question is, depending on the condition of it, can I? Do I still have a chance? Where well, could I put it? Still in that gravel? I think so. Yeah. What does it feel like? Yeah, you... I'd have to go and feel it. Uh, so if it's mushy, it's done. It's done. It's done. If it's still got some it's firm, firm, then uh, is there any water? Have you watered it through? Um, I don't know. <laughs> My wife is usually on watering duty. So All right. I'm going to blame Gail. That's the book. <laughs> so. I'm not saying anything negative about Gail. She sent a nice little box she, of Christmas cookies. She did. So, yeah, nothing yes. nothing anti-Gail on the radio today. Yeah. We love her very much. Uh, um, well, you'll report back I'll next check. week. Yeah. You'll, and you'll do your, do your uh, you know, go be your the little detective and okay. report back the exact status of this poor little amaryllis I bulb. Will. My other question is regarding the amaryllis that I bought this year, okay. which is doing really, really well. Cool. I think you said I don't have to give it a lot of water right now. Well, you don't, yeah, you do have to just, water when it's just, when it's dry. Right. But Feel just, the soil. But not crazy amount of water. Oh, never, no. no. Ne- bulbs never want, well, okay, water thoroughly, but water rarely. Okay. Right? Not a teaspoon a day. No. Do a half a cup every 10 days. Okay. Right? So make it a make it worth the plant's while when you're watering so that, you know, it's water 
because, of course, you're in a pot with drainage holes, yeah. so the water will drain out the drainage holes into the saucer, yep. and you'll not let it sit in water. You'll pour it out of right. the saucer and put it back in its nice sunny location, uh, and don't water it again until it's dry or very okay. light. You can feel the weight of the pot. And did you say that once it starts blooming, it needs more water? Or not, necessarily. not necessarily. I mean, it's going to use more water because <clears throat> okay. it'll have all that surface area to lose moisture, uh, particularly once leaves start growing too, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just before we go to the phones. Uh, let's give out the number one more time in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or toll-free anywhere in the province of Ontario, one 740 Okay, let's go to Burlington. We have Joan on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show. Joan? Good morning. My question is about my my comment, rather, is about amaryllis. I was given one about nice. a month ago, and uh, my niece said it has two buds on it. I watched them grow. Now, those two buds have come up to be three stalks, and each plant has got, each stalk has got four flowers on them. Oh. There's only one leaf on it. Is this usual? Yeah. Yeah, the flowers come first. So what you're seeing, the, the tall flower stalks, and then, of course, the flowers will emerge from the top of the stalks, is very normal, uh, and leaves will come after. But I've never seen one with so many bud, um, stalks on it. Uh, you know what? It comes down to the quality of the bulb. So oh. the bigger the bulb, the more flowers and the bigger flowers. So that's why, uh, you know, you get what you pay for. So you can get a cheap little small bulb uh, somewhere and get one little scrawny flower stalk, or you get a big fat juicy bulb. Once that starts growing, you get two, sometimes three flower stalks. These are absolutely pure white and absolutely beautiful. Great. Good. Enjoy. Oh, I am. In fact, they started to fall over, so I had to, I had to support them. <sighs> I was going to say, yeah. So the little um, branches or stakes uh, from outside, cut some little, um, you know, dogwood or something that's in the neighborhood, use those to stake it, provide a nice little corral around the plant, mm-hmm. and turn the pot. I turn and it regularly, yeah. Every day, turn it 180 degrees. Just wow. unusual. Absolutely I th- I th- beautiful. I think I'm a little jealous there, Joan. i got to tell you. Well, yeah. I know, and they have a very delicate smell. Do oh, they? nice. Oh, nice. yeah. What color? They're white, pure white. Mm. Oh, I, they it's sound white. just beautiful. Yeah. It is just one of those great flowers this time of year, isn't it? And, and it's everybody can grow them. That's the best thing. I mean, you need a little bit of light. You can't do it in a basement apartment very well, well or you they, could. They stand about 20 inches tall from the pot, from the yeah. soil to the top yeah. of the flowers. Yeah, put them in the brightest spot that you've got, and they will stay a little shorter because you don't want them too tall. Otherwise, they fall over. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're falling over. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. And you have a wonderful holiday season. And thanks for the call, Joe. Have a great Christmas, a great holiday season. Thank okay. you. you. Thanks, too. Joe. Okay, bye-bye now. Yeah. Last week, we had a call from Elizabeth, and she was calling from Toronto, and she has potatoes that are sprouting in her basement. Right. And she wondered. Right, because she didn't know what to do, and you were saying... Oh, I said, you know, there's always the the food bank. Food bank's an option, right? That was one of my suggestions. But I love it when our listeners are listening, and they pay attention. As opposed to your (laughs) co-hosts, who don't listen and leave their amorous bulb and gravel. (laughs) Did I say that? Yeah, so uh, tips tips and techniques from listeners is always a joy. So here we have an email from Dorothy, uh, calling, uh, writing in from Coil Organic Farm. And she was listening last week and heard about the excess potatoes, like the food bank idea, but she had a couple other additional suggestions. So hopefully uh, Elizabeth is listening this week again and can maybe use some of these. Um, 
Dorothy's got some Amish friends, and her Amish friends tell her that removing those sprouts, those little white sprouts, uh, will help a lot to lengthen storage time. So just with your thumb, you bust those off. You could also box them. So you, when you're boxing them, you separate layers of potatoes in a corner of the garage, uh, tucked into straw or lots of leaves. So you don't want the potatoes touching each other, but you do want that little bit of insulation around them. And you just go like, into cardboard boxes with newspaper if you want. Alternatively, uh, earlier in the season, Dorothy says she reburied her potatoes. After harvesting them, she reburied them. So she would have re- harvested them, let them dry out a bit so that they'd have harden off a bit. Then, she, but this is amazing, she dug a deep pit, three to four feet deep. We're talking a serious pit here. She put the potatoes in the pit in a single layer in trays and she separated all those trays out with soil and newspaper and leaves and left about a foot of soil on top. Uh, then, of course, added more leaves on top of that. A bale of straw, whatever. So there they are. They're in their winter storage location. Those potatoes are underground. Nobody's getting at them until the ground starts to thaw in the spring. And then there you are in the spring. Wow. You go out there and you dig up your potatoes from last season's harvest. That's, oh, wow. <laughs> it's great. Eh? Dad, what are you doing? Oh, i got to go to the garden. We're having french fries tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the root cellar idea yeah. was, right? My, I was, remember my mom telling me where she was born and raised in Kenora. Yeah. The house they had had a, a basement that was all so- sand. Yes. Everything went into the sand. So the, the rutabagas, the onions, yeah. the beets, the potatoes, the carrots under the sand. So her mom would say to my mom, we're having french fries. So go I told go my mom would have to go down and dig up the potatoes and bring them upstairs or the carrots or onions or whatever yeah. it was. Things most of us just have no clue about. Well, look at my basement. It'd be pretty hard pressed yeah. to dig anything in there. <laughs> it's like concrete the everywhere. Jack hammer. <laughs> what are you but what a, I, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. What, what a smart idea that we yeah. we gave up for we did. recreation rooms, pool tables and big yeah. screen TVs. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, got to go to break. We have some important messaging to hear, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, yes, yes. We are back with The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I hope some people are out there because they're certainly not calling. No, they are not calling this morning. Maybe they're doing doing their Christmas shopping. Or, you know, (laughs) and in all fairness, because Hanukkah starts on Sunday, right? Uh, I think it's Sunday. Yeah, the, uh, is it tomorrow? The 18th? Yeah, maybe. I believe it's, I think it's tomorrow. I, th- yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It is tomorrow night. Uh, that's why we're having Lutka's tomorrow right. night. Right, and we have, yeah. uh, we have friends who are, who are Jewish, some close friends. Um, and so I think, I can only imagine that, like, for them, this is the night before, so they're doing prep. probably lots of prep. Yeah, chicken soup, gefilte yeah. fish. All the yummy yeah. stuff, actually. And latkes are a lot it, of work. Uh, matzo balls this time of year as Matzo well? balls for Passover. Oh, Passover. Yeah, because okay. there's no leavened bread at right. Passover. So matzo is the, the flour of choice, if right. you will. Okay. Yeah, I grew up with... Uh, my, my upbringing was sort of Polish, Czech, Catholic. And so they also have their customs yeah, as far as, you course. know, on Christmas Eve, Everyone. when my grandmother was alive, never any, no meat. It's right. you know, fish, a lot of, you know, it's herring on I the know, table. I was talking to an Italian friend. And stuff like Same that. thing. So, yeah. Christmas Eve, borscht, always fish. Red borscht. No meat. No meat. No. And so that, I grew up with that as well. But yeah, we make a version of a, a I guess, a latke. Uh, uh, because I think most, I think most ethnicities have a version of yeah. a potato pancake. Yeah. 
well, right. uh, pierogies, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, or, a, yeah. a shredded potato sort of thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, because the roasty is another one. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I think it's very similar. Yeah. yeah. And my, my, when I make them, my kids love them. Of course. Love They're them. The so I will not get any arguments if we make that tomorrow <laughs> night for dinner. No arguments whatsoever. There's a lot of different Lutka recipes yeah, out there. But sure. I will tell you, it's all about grating. Okay. Hand grating. Yep, that's, I do uh, in that. In our family, there's none of this, like putting it nope. in the blender. I do it hand grated. Yeah, because otherwise it turns to mush. You don't want mush. And then you have to squeeze out all the liquid. Oh, right. Make, yeah. Yes, they, like I you drain cheesecloth. I, I do it pretty. Yeah. I don't do it with cheesecloth, but I do squeeze it out as best I can. But cheesecloth would be much yeah, more effective. Yeah, and then it's onions and a little flour. and yep. I don't make them. I just watch. But, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's still fine. Um, I've got, bef- I've got a, an email here, um, and this is about Amanda Villa. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's from Ingrid. Uh, she says, uh, hi, guys. Love your show. Always get great advice. Have two mandevillas grew vigorously and flowered all summer on balcony. Uh, it's inside now. No flowers, but growing long vines. Uh-huh. Can I pinch off? Or by doing that, am I cutting off bud stems? Help. Uh, okay. So at this time of year, we're getting towards the shortest day of the year. So we're not seeing a lot of flowering growth on plants like mandevilla. Some plants like amaryllis and uh, Christmas cactus, they're good with these low light levels. They're just, that's part of their physiology. But mandevillas are typically slowing down, waiting for spring, and then they'll burst forth with flowers and more growth. So if you're getting long green vines or even just long vines with no uh, leaves on them, pinch them back. Don't hesitate to pinch them back. As a matter of fact, I do a really hard pinching back come February. For now, just keep them under control. Make sure you've got some green leaves on the plants, lots of sun. That will keep them alive And because with no green leaves, they will die. And water only uh, you know, as necessary. So really let them dry down between waterings. Okay, and you say in February. Is that because there's just more light That's per right. day? That's okay. right. As soon as the That's light level the light. starts to expand, and even uh, these are plants inside our homes, uh, uh, even if they're in a basement where there's no natural light, they know they're very smart. Yeah, they will start to really grow and start start to perk along as the days get longer. Gotcha. So, Some, somebody that I know posted a, something on either Facebook or Instagram or one of those things. They said, "Hey." You know, in X amount of days, yeah. the days are going to start getting longer. Exactly. And all these people are reacting to it. Oh, I know. That's why. Yeah. It's, it's always sad on sort of June 21st because you know the days are getting shorter from that point. But it's not long now. I, I don't no. know which day I should look up. It's, I think it's, it's 21st. Just, it? Yeah, it's the 20, 21st. 21st, 21st, 22nd, yeah, usually so around we, there. And then it's like, yes, spring is coming. Yeah, it is still. And we see it, too. It is still autumn. It is hard to believe. But it is still autumn <laughs> true, out there. True, yeah. You got it. Okay, so, uh, you know, uh, somebody who is not doing any Christmas shopping or, <laughs> or baking. <laughs> lot cave making is Joan in Burlington because we've got her back in the line and she is just a doll because she only had one question per call and here uh, she is again. Welcome back to the Garden Show, Joan. Yes, I, I'm, I'm very um, cognizant of one call. That's, yeah. that's great. Not like Love you it. when you had two questions, you have called. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> my bromeliad, I spoke to you a while ago about my bromeliad, um, mm-hmm. Charlie. Yes. And you said how it is dying off, the main flower is dying off. Um, and there are some young plants at the bottom of that. Now, what do I do? Do I take off all the leaves or what? Okay, so what I do with my bromeliads is I basically let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. The flower will slowly but surely, as you've noticed, it starts to get crispy and yeah. goes from a bright red to a pink to a brown. At some point when it's really quite unattractive, I get out some sharp shears and I just remove that whole flower stem. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely that main plant will die down, but I don't force it. I let it happen. It can take like a year and a half for that main mother plant to die. While it's doing its dying, daughters or 
progeny are starting to grow off of the mother. So all kinds of little green sprouts are going to start coming off of the mother plant, mm-hmm. uh, but let the mother plant just die down slowly. Um, you know, every month or so I go in there with a pair of scissors, take out anything that's really unsightly. When you're watering, remember it's room temperature water, and you carefully either spritz it or pour it into the, the, the cups or the tubular growth that is coming up off the mother plant. So all those little mm-hmm. daughter plants are little tubes coming up, and your water goes in there. The soil uh, can remain on the dry side as long as there's moisture inside the center of each of those little baby plants. And yeah, maybe maybe in the spring when you're looking for something kind of fun to do, you can pull the whole thing out of the pot, lay it all out on a newspaper, get out a sharp scissors or more better, a, a sharp knife, and you'll sever all those babies off of the mother, compost the mother, and keep the babies and repot them all. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty fun and it's a long process. So just let it unfold. It's a long process and it's very informative. Yeah, exactly. Thank Good you. Stuff. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks Bye. again, Joe. Bromeliads. That's one of my all-time favorite plants. I have several on the go. Really? And what? They're like from the pineapple family. Okay. Yes. The, what we like about them is that the flowers last a really long time. Oh, okay. I, that was my question. I was going to ask you what you like. Because there's always something we like about a flower, either the fragrance or the just the look of it. But So their blooms last a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll show you. I'll just quickly Google this. Show you. Oh, See yes. that? You've seen these yep, before. Yeah, I've had one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, are they the ones that you kind Past of... Past tense. <laughs> yes. Are you, they the ones that you kind of water in the middle? They Correct. Have like a, they look like they're... Yes. It's like a glass. Yeah. yeah, it's like a cup. Yeah. Into the cup. I remember I told you about my, yeah. my bromeliad yeah. story. We were moving. Oh, and I had all the plants in the back, oh, right. and then they turned a corner, and it tipped over and dumped it all in my lap. <laughs> but it I would went, have, oh, <laughs> all the water, yeah. all the water. But that wouldn't have killed it. No, 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 no. It was just funny because it just shocked me. Because yeah, I bet. It just literally tipped, and it was like somebody threw a glass of water in, <laughs> in your lap. In my lap <laughs> while yeah. you're driving. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, I was in the back seat, so I was oh, not driving. Okay. You were supposed yes. to be holding that so, plant. Yes, I should have been holding it, but I was, again, <laughs> not listening. <laughs> Looking out the window. Oh, we're moving. This is there the new go. neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have, a call. we have a caller on the line. We're going to go to Diane, who is calling from Mississauga. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Hi. Hi. Merry Christmas. Hey there. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you. Whatever yeah. you're celebrating. Yeah. Good morning. Oh, what do you got? What do you got for Charlie? I have a question about a hybrid begonia that I have as a house plant. I bought a number of years ago, and it's you know it tends to grow kind of tall with these kind of spiny stems, and you get those beautiful leaves coming off of it. But the, what's happening now is it's so tall. All I have is this long spiny stem and a long leaf at the end of it, right? So I'm wondering if there's a way that you can trim it down to sort of force it to get more bushy and pretty again. There is. What does the, what does the leaf look like? The leaf is like the uh, it's like the hand one. You know, you've got six sort of. Uh, spikes coming off of there with the little speckled dots on it. Right. So, but yeah, interesting. You would say six. Okay. So, um, all right. So, what you I would do if it was my plant, <laughs> and it was really tall, and it had the uh, they're beautiful leaves. And does yours flower on occasion? Never. I've never seen a flower on it. Huh. And you've had it for a number of years. Uh, yeah, it's probably four years old now. And how tall is it? Uh, oh, about a foot and a half. And is it still in that original pot? Yes, it is. And is that a little four-inch pot or a six-inch pot? No, it was one of those proven winter plants, you know. Oh. So it was a fairly large pot. Huh. 
Uh, okay, so begonias, the cool thing about begonias, I know I'm just laughing because <laughs> Dean is looking at me like, is that is that a saver? Like, is that worth saving? I'm doing the toss it out. Toss it. Come on, post. <laughs> no, no, because we pay a lot of money for proven winners plants. And they okay. do tend yeah. to be p- very nice plants. Yeah, but, but when I got it, it was beautiful. I mean, it was so nice and bushy and it had lots of little stems coming up. And, you know, but now it's kind of... Mm-hmm. And, and when you got it, of course, it was in the spring. And did you have it outside that first summer? I've never put it outside. Oh, okay. Um, it's always been a house plant for me. Is it in any direct or bright sunlight at all? No. Okay, it needs to be. If you oh, want okay. to have any success with that plant, and, and flowers particularly, that's what, partly what's going on is that it's just not getting enough light. So we have to take oh. it out of the bedroom closet and put it <laughs> out by the window. <laughs> if, and it doesn't need to be in a south window, because begonias are nice that way. Eastern, northern, any um, bright but indirect light is perfect. Uh, right in a north window or east window would be perfect. But if you've only got a south or west window, then keep the plant back five or six feet away from the window. So it's a bright spot. Slow down. Like wh- At this time of year, particularly, let it really dry out between waterings. You're yeah, I going, do, do that. Yeah, yeah. and you're going to want to cut it down at some point. So the cutting it down is going to force a bunch of side branches and side growth. Okay, so you can cut that. I wasn't sure whether you could cut it that's why i didn't really touch it and that was yeah yeah well the scary thing about cutting something down when there's only a little leaf up on the top and there's no leaves down on the stem is like oh that might kill it and it's true it might so when you're doing that cutting down thing ensure that i imagine some of that stem is green some okay. at the very bottom might be a little bit on the brown side, a little bit yeah, woody. Well, yeah, it is kind of on one of the stems, because one of the stems is quite long. Right. And the other one is a little shorter, so it might yeah. work with the other one, not the big one. I think the big one, like you say, is a goner. Well, yeah, or you might find it's quite, kind of amazing, because so often the roots are very alive. There's lots of energy in the roots. There's just no nothing happening above ground. And doing a really hard pruning forces the plant to grow. Because you've already had this for three or four years, I wouldn't rush into my suggestion here. I'd wait to that magical February date when days are getting longer, plants are starting to wake up and get all jazzed up about spring. Go in there, just cut the whole thing down. If Make sure you do leave a little bit of green stem or if you any green leaves that can be left. Suddenly, you'll see in about five or six or seven days after that cutting and you've got lots of light on the plant, all of a sudden, boom, you can see a bunch of, of um, buds, of leaf buds, and hopefully by uh, April or May, you'll have lots of flower buds, too. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yep. no, it's it's salvageable. It's just, when they're not very pretty like that, we kind of shove them in a corner, and like, you know, Dean was indicating, we just stop <laughs> yeah. caring for them, because they're not giving us a lot back, right? But But I think you can rejuvenate it, just for now, a little more light, not too much water, and, and then prepare for a big pruning job in, in a month or two. Should I transplant it, do you think? If you want to transplant it just at the same time as when you're doing that pruning. I wouldn't do it now. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. Uh, you're very thank welcome. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks you for too. calling. And happy holidays to you. Yeah. You know, one thing i got to say about the, the big the pretty leaves. Those are yeah. beautiful. Even if you don't get flowers, beautiful, beautiful That's leaves. That's one of the things we love about begonias. There's a million, not a million, but there's a yeah. lot of different kinds of begonias out there with all different kinds of leaves. Right. And okay. they, they're, lo- oh, they can be really lovely. And it, it's just a matter of, yeah, it's humid, a little bit of humidity yeah. goes a long ways, but certainly some bright light goes a long ways. And, oh, spotted leaves, um, wrinkled leaves. Leaves, curly leaves, 
different colors, top and bottom leaves. All they're very beautiful foliage. Yeah. Many of them. I'm just giving everybody uh, uh, stone trays this year for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'm buying idea. bacon sheets and rocks. And oh, give them, there you go. That's that's a cheap. What I was going to say, you could just go and get little misters <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that Buck idea. Of the uh, the idea of the little pebbles, pebble yeah. tray with the water in there. That's yeah. a great idea. It does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, you know, I have a rabbit's foot fern at home. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know what that looks like. It's called that because the roots look like rabbit's feet. They're okay. all furry and they come over the edges yeah. of the pots. They they're not a happy plant in a in an Ontario inside, right, with all the you know f- yeah. the furnaces, etc. So uh, I put a pebble tray beneath my rabbit's foot fern, Big and difference. it is a, so happy. Really? It went from like two leaves to twenty leaves. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah! Oh, oh wow. just like literally in a month. That's impressive. Yeah. So that this, with a fern like that kind of a yeah. humidity loving plant, it's worked really wow. really well. See the begonias if they don't uh, bloom, then they're begonias. <laughs> The door. They're gone. Out the door. That's <laughs> the begonia. Your, begonia. Oh <laughs> okay. my gosh. We, we, the, per, the bun master <laughs> lives. <laughs> okay, we have to go. Uh, we have to take just a quick break. Here's some messages. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back with the Garden Show here in uh, in Zoomerplex today. We are both here yeah, in Zoomerplex, and we're different. we're both doing a similar thing because I too am taking a child, one of my children, back to uh, Collingwood today. Okay, he's at York. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a second year York University. He's actually got an exam at two. And oh, so, today. Today at two. Oh, wow. Yeah. I hate and that. So, exams on the weekend. Yeah. So he's got an exam today, and then I'm going to be taking him home after that. So I'm going to tootle around here. I've got some, some Christmas duties shopping. and things to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Saturday in the city. Mm-hmm. So his exam starts at two or ends? Starts at two, yeah. yeah He'll so probably he's... be finished by about four, I think. Four. So. You're going home in the dark. Yeah. 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 yeah what like parents will do? Well, this, yeah, but it was an opportunity to be here with you, and, and truthfully, you yeah, know, because, yeah, you know, no, we uh, often do the show, as we know, from our home studios, but it's yeah. nice to It's always nice down to do here. it in person. Yeah. It's more fun. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. For everybody. <laughs> you know what is fun, too? It's looking over to my left and going, oh, look at all the callers. <laughs> okay, let's go to Betty in Canfield. Welcome to the Garden Show. Betty? Thank you. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I have a problem. I bought a diplodenia, not realizing it's uh, just uh, an annual. Uh-huh. I wondered. Oh, oh, did we lose her? Are you there, Betty? Yeah, uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> okay. No, so we're listening. So you, you didn't know it was an but you brought it in, obviously. Oh, gosh, I never put it out. I had, uh, I brought it in. I didn't get it until, I think, uh, September. And uh, I thought, oh, my gosh, it's just an annual. So it's in the, a south window, uh-huh. and it's still okay, but it's looking really yucky. Yeah. Right. So stop watering it, <laughs> for starters. Because mm. remember, it's a tropical well, plant. Uh, right? How did it look when you first brought it home? Lovely. Oh, just lovely. Okay. That's why I thought it was more than an annual. Right. Ew, ew. Well, yeah. it... it, it if you Go lived ahead. in Florida, it wouldn't be an annual, right? I mean, it's just where you live that makes it an annual. You're right. It will not withstand frost or below zero temperatures. So right. the, make sure it's in the sunniest window you've got. It is. <clears throat> so southern or western, right, right in the window, like right, you know, not touching the glass, but right in the window. Remember to right. turn it every couple of days so that you're giving that sharing that light on that plant. If it's right. really scraggly and it's lost a bunch of leaves, don't hesitate to do a little, just a little tip 
removal, take the tips off. That'll force out some growth. I wouldn't uh, go crazy with watering. Feel the soil between waterings. Water thoroughly, but rarely. And water with room temperature water. And for many of us with some of these struggling tropicals in our homes, very soon, even maybe January, we'll mix up some fertilizer and we'll start to do some regular fertilizing when we're watering. Okay, uh, and that you'll find that'll make all the difference in the world too. I just did this this past week. I'm I'm a very bad plant parent in a lot of ways. I know Dean beats himself up, but oh, I I, I do lots of things that that I, I don't listen to myself. And so I just mixed up a couple of pails of fertilizer this past week, and I dip my orchids, my ferns, I dip everything into the water, the bromeliads, all that gets dipped, drained, and then put back out. And they are just purring since I did that, um, oh. but I. I do that once a year. Like I don't do it often enough. So, so be prepared okay. that you'll find that they will like it. And also just the clean leaves. It's it just really, plants do like the tension. They respond to you right. cleaning them up, uh, looking after them, remove dead stuff. Don't ever let dead leaves sit on the surface of the soil, that sort of thing. Right. So what about a little bit of spray? No? Just a, like a water spray? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This uh, that's tr- going to like, uh, if you can raise that humidity, so bright light, high humidity, only water when dry. Sounds great. Thank you so much, my <laughs> dear. Have a good one. You too. Happy holidays. Yeah. And Yeah, let yeah. us know. I think you'll find if it was in good shape in September, you'll be able to get it through the winter. Okay, I'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, Betty. <laughs> that's a, a flower I had have not heard of. Uh, Dipl- so, Dipla- Diplodenia. Oh, okay. There it is there, if you look at it. Yeah, it kind there. of, sort of, in a roundabout way, reminds me of a petunia, but um, not really. Uh, but well, there's something else. It's I a can't lot like out. a mandevilla. Maybe that's what it is. Right. I'm looking at, so trying to a, figure out what... Actually, yeah. a website says, how to overwinter Diplodenia. There you go. Uh, gardentabs.com. So, but, you know, overwintering in... Um, Ohio is different from overwintering in Vancouver, which is different from right. Toronto or right. Canfield in the case of Betty. I think the thing, one of the things, and I've learned, and I mean this very earnestly, one of the things I've learned from you in the last year since I've been on the show is truly that plants this time of year, they need time to rest. Yeah. Like you, yeah. they need that little, yeah. like, reprise. And yeah. so, like, don't be afraid. Not all, don't but water, most. But, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, don't be afraid not to water them. Right. Let them kind of have a little... You'll never kill with underwatering the way you will with overwatering. Oh, okay. The, yeah. That's the most uh, common way of killing indoor plants, is it's too much water. Too much water. Too much love. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, if... We always say, you know, if you think it's watering day, wait another day. Oh, okay. Right? At this time of year. Uh, wait another day. In the case of a jade plant, wait another week. Yes. In the case of your cactus, wait another month. Like, don't rush into watering at this time of year with, with plants that are just don't need it. Okay. Uh, number to call us, 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto number or toll-free anywhere in the province of Ontario, one 740 We are going to Hagersville right now. We have Nancy on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Nancy. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish, <laughs> wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and a Happy New, New Year. Year. Woo! Thank nice. you. Way to go. <laughs> well, thank you guys for brightening up our Saturday mornings. Aww. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we've listened for years to you. Oh, well, good. and it's so much fun me sitting here on this side of the desk watching Charlie <laughs> put on her, you know, her Sherlock Holmes gardening hat and kind of think, hmm, mm-hmm. what is going on Yeah, there? I know. I always do it like I visualize, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. What do you got for? Something real tricky? Not 
real tricky, but I have a, a Stephanotis that I've had for years, and I almost lost it one year. Uh-huh. When the, finally, well, I was left with, I think, maybe one leaf that hadn't gone yellow. Oh, my. They all fell off. But I brought it back, and it's full of leaves now, but it has lost a couple of yellow ones, and I didn't know. It seems better now. I don't know whether mm. if I hadn't, if I watered it too much or not enough or... Okay, well, it's um, similar, very similar to the diplodenia we were just talking about. So this is a tropical plant. It is mm. a very beautiful, fragrant flower when it flowers. I know it's very strong. Very. <laughs> it's that jasmine-y. That's right. And, and it's, it's very commonly used in bridal bouquets mm-hmm. because it's got that trailing white, like just pure, pure white flowers mm-hmm. that are fragrant. And so for many women, they remember their wedding bouquets and they try to grow. There's a connection through that. It's it's a it's not a really hard plant to grow, but lots and lots of sun is required. Only water when dry. Like again, very similar to the diplodenia. Turn it in the window so that you're getting that shared. Uh, it grows as a vine. Um, I've just got one up on my computer screen here that Dean can see in growing in a hoop shape. They look, yeah, they train it's, it around the hoop. That's right. So there's yeah, a okay. wire hoop. I had one like that. I had it for years and years and years. It flowered a couple of times over the years. Eventually, though, it got mealy bug. And Ooh. the mealy bug obviously came in on another plant. So be mm. careful. That's my biggest thing I can also say today is, you know, bring in those beautiful new poinsettias and amaryllis and fun Christmas plants, but make sure they're quarantined from your long-term plants because there's, there's nothing worse than losing a favorite old plant because suddenly it gets infested by an insect that it didn't have 10 years ago, but suddenly it, it gets. So mealybug, I was not able to control. I spent a number of months... Q-tips and out, rubbing alcohol every day, searching and killing, but they just kept surviving and eventually out the door. It became a begonia or a begonia. A begonia, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's because then it can affect other plants. That's right. So you want to get it out. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. But it is a lovely, lovely plant. So, see, like I said, same as the diplodenia, lots of sun, only water when dry. Start fertilizing once the days get longer and uh, spritz it Um Admire it. Tell this plant how much you love it, and they will mm-hmm. often respond. Okay. All okay. Right. Good luck with that. I did get it to flower a yeah. couple of different times. Yeah. I find if you put it out in the summer when yeah. it's really humid. Yeah. Loves it. Loves humidity. Like that, and then bring it back in, and it'll flower for you. Yeah. And, it, you know, expect to give it, if not a bigger pot, then at least some fresh soil. So sometimes we'll take a plant out of its existing pot with our fingers, take off some of that old, tired uh, potting mix, then wash, scrub the pot, put the plant back into the same clean pot with fresh potting mix. And that can be quite rejuvenating. And that's the kind of thing you would do in the summer when you're just taking it out when we're frost free. Uh, can, can you, rather than, I thought at one time of cutting the roots, but said not to maybe not do that. Can you spread them out? so that they'll fit in the pot better? Or? Oh, for sure. If you, once you've got it out of the pot, uh, you can also put it in a bigger pot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can trim roots, too. I, I've done that lots of times. Not till February, though. Right? <laughs> yeah, try not. Don't do any of this at this time of year. Too stressful. That was just because I have to prove to Charlie that I do pay attention. <laughs> he was listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you very much for very the much. call. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Nancy. Yeah, Boy, we're getting lots of good calls on flowering yeah. tropical plants. Yeah. Actually, every call so far yeah. has been on that Absolutely. subject. Okay, we have to take our last break, but we will be right back with my more on the garden show. Daffodils and daisies, 
bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. This is The, the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and the race is on, Charlie. We have, now, all the callers have waited to the last minute. Okay, let's see if we can do it. Hopefully, they're quick questions. Jacqueline in Port Dover, welcome to The Garden Show. What do you got for Charlie? Uh, I left all my uh, summer bulbs in the ground, like the gladiolus. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering, if they turn brown now, do I cut them now or leave them till the spring? Okay, if the gladiolas are outside in the ground, they are likely dead. They will not survive the winter. But okay. you're in Port Dover, and it hasn't been that cold. No, this is our really uh, second snowfall, and it's really not that bad. So go outside after this call with a trowel or a shovel, and if the ground is not frozen, uh, see if you can lift those glads. And then you're going to bring them inside and put them on, a, not inside to the hothouse yet, but to a garage or porch or something. Let them dry down a bit. You'll know whether they've survived or not once you can feel them. If they're mush, they're compost. If, yeah, yeah. If there's got some firmness, then sure, dry them on down, put them into the old nylon stockings and hang them in the basement for the winter. Okay. okay. Super. Okay. Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah good luck. Thanks, Jacqueline. Merry Christmas. And okay. I was going to say, and after you've dug them up, throw your potatoes in and put them in for the. <laughs> there you go. You could bury them back up. Be all You're set. all over this. <laughs> what about where does the amaryllis fit into? Yeah, well, we're getting there. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Let's go to Diana in uh, in Waterloo. You're so young and I'm so old, Diana. There you are. <laughs> good morning. See what do you got for Charlie? Oh, that could be reversed. <laughs> I, I get the really. seniors discount on Thursdays now. No, because you're do. lying. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, do. I have uh, daylilies that I've grown for several years. Mm. Um, we made different beds. Mm. Uh, what I'm experiencing is they do okay in the spring and the early summer, and then in August they start to die off, which I know is normal, but they die off. Yeah. I don't have any greenery. I don't have any reblooming. I use hen and chicken uh, okay. fertilizer. That's fine. I'm wondering, is it over-fertilized? Is it not fertilized? No. I do it about every six to eight weeks, oh. and it's all of them. I have several different varieties, and they're all doing the same thing. Okay, so with the hen and chicken fertilizer, that's a pelletized fertilizer, right? Correct. I would only use that in the spring. Okay. As the plants are starting to grow, so before the leaves have really emerged, go out there and pretend you're feeding the chickens. Yeah, that's with what I do. Chicken fertilizer, and um, and then there's no if it lands on the leaves, uh, get out your hose. You just don't want the fertilizer sitting on foliage. But if you do it early enough, there's not a lot of foliage. What there's a couple things coming to mind here. I think your daylilies, once they get overgrown, so they're happy plants, they're growing like stink, they really get crowded. And what happens by July and August when it gets dry and hot, the foliage drops, the whole bed looks pretty crappy because all we have now is a bunch of gnarly looking roots and yellow leaves. Correct. It is time to dig and separate and get some space between those daylily plants. And, and I did that. Yeah, I know, but you have to do that with the case of daylilies probably every three years, two years. Yeah, but I did that. Recently? 
Uh, I did some last year, mm-hmm. and I had the same result. Now, this, this fall, I did the same thing. I, I dug them all and, and separated yeah. them and threw out some because I don't have room for right, them. Right, exactly. Unfortunately. But, yeah, I did that, too. And they, they, were, um, they weren't compacted, the roots. Okay. And so, and I, I didn't see any bugs. Or no, no, but they, nobody eats a daylily, trust me. So it's <laughs> usually, got, so it could be um, dry. It was a very dry, do you irrigate? Were you watering in yeah, August, water July? Yeah, we quite a bit. Okay. Like well, every, every, twice a week, maybe? Mm. Uh, know, and I variety. Think. Remember, there are some varieties of daylily that what we call re-blooming or ever-blooming. Stella yeah, Doro is one. There's a few out there. They will keep sprouting new leaves and sprouting new flowers. Most other daylilies go dormant as the summer progresses. And you know what? I'm at a racetrack. I have to go. Yeah, okay. yeah and hey, I'm, I realize you're a first-time caller, <laughs> oh, Diana. Oh, yeah. Thanks for calling. There your Christmas yeah, Diana, bells, okay? let me see if I can find out any more. Thanks for calling. And Thank you. Thanks for coming in, Dean. My pleasure. I'm sending <laughs> out the Christmas e Salvation Army. Is the, uh, like <laughs> hey, what's, which is important, absolutely. <laughs> For sure. So donate, support. Uh, have a safe trip home with your son. I will. And, and you thank too. you, with Carlos. With your daughter. Yeah, exactly. And happy Hanukkah. And happy, exactly. Christmas at my house. And uh, see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.